0: Welcome to the week two Post Game show. We have four undefeated teams at 2-0, four teams that are looking for their first win, and I think a couple surprises in both of those groups, especially one team. Uh, we'll just throw it out there. Only the fam. They didn't win before this season, and they're on a winning streak, guys, 2-0, and so we'll see where they fall in the power rankings, but hey, wins are wins. They're in that group in the standings, and we're going to break down all the week two action here on the week two Post Game show. My name's Joey. It gets a lot easier doing names on these type of shows when we're on Zoom because I can see their names. So we have Aiden, Kate, and Tim joining us today. If other people join us throughout the show like they did last week, we'll do it. We'll do it up, but we're going to break down all the week two action. We'll look ahead to week three, and we'll do some standout player performances and things like that. But guys, uh, let's start. Let's just let's get it out of the way. Let's do some halfway crooks action. I mean, that was one of the closer games of the week, um, and that was on you know court one, but Halfway crooks win by seven. It was our game of the week coming in. Whoever picks those did a really good job. Me. Um, but, you know, it's two teams that have been in the league. Right. So they're kind of already hitting that groove. And I think it was evident. And I'm going to toss it to you guys. We'll go to we'll go to Aiden first in a second. But the halfway crooks do get the win. Both teams are running at one and oh coming in again, 66, 59. Um, and I opened that page twice, but we'll show you the box score in a second. Aiden. I know it was your first week of games, but you've seen games last year. So really interesting fourth quarter. I think we should start there. What in the fourth quarter did the, you know were the Crooks able to do to escape with the win?
1: They were able to uh, keep building onto their lead and great defensive stops. Uh, Jeff Winchell had four blocks that night, a couple of long ones that could be in the top plays, but he was just a defensive beast grabbing all the boards. When he was on the court, those young boys couldn't even score in the paint. In the fourth quarter, they – and Halfway Cooks didn't hold up. They continued to go. Spence Freeman had a good game, dropped 22. Good addition to the team. It wasn't there last year. Uh, It was a good, hard-fought defensive game in the fourth quarter, and there were times when Ozone was coming back, and the lead looked shaky at times. But like I said, Jeff Winchell was able to hold it down defensively, and Spence was able to continue scoring. And Jared Anton did uh, okay. Shooting-wise, not so great, but he was able to pass and make, make buckets that counted in the end. And that's what you need in a good player.
0: Yeah. And so um, let me try to work zoom properly, but as you can see on the screen there, you know, the halfway crooks, with some, you know, led by Spence Freeman and Jeff Winchell, you know, 20 plus points each. Um, and so, you know, Jared Hansen, if one of you guys want to jump in uh, Tim or last week, you know, Jared, ha- Jared Hansen had a huge game. And even though three for 12 this week, you know, really makes the crooks go, Um, offensively and is definitely the point guard for that team. As you look at the Ozone boys, I mean, I can let one of you guys jump in. If, uh, Cade, you want to just, you know, look at this box score quick and kind of give your opinion. But, you know, balanced scoring is what the Ozone boys do. They bring eight guys, right? Yep, eight guys. And, you know, they had the depth in this game but weren't able to get the win. Go ahead, Cade.
2: Yeah, for the Ozone boys, they're really the only team that have big changes in their lineups. They uh, Everyone gets a rest, so – Maybe that might be the issue. I know they're on the the losing streak here, but I feel like they just gotta stick with like I know Pat Hogan is usually their leading scorer. I know if he just gets more minutes and maybe the rest, maybe they'll be able to like get those get over those uh slow scoring slumps. Um, but yeah, I mean they they get a lot of, a lot of rest. I know um, uh Andrew was wasn't really. That impactful this week on the scoring end he uh was the big uh big reason they were in their first game last week um so it really just comes down to the scoring I know their defense uh their defense stayed about the same Uh, I didn't really see any two like huge problems I know Jeff Winchell was a big problem in the paint but uh he's going to be a problem for all teams so can't really do much about him
0: yeah and that size was was uh, huge, definitely, you know, no pun intended there, but I mean, that was like the difference, right? I mean, I don't think the ozone boys really had a body that they could say, here you go to kind of stay in front of Jeff Winchell. And as we kind of look at some of these future matchups, you know, whether it's the Rhode Island warriors, right. We're going to get there with Kevin Figuerito, who's like, I tried to warn you guys, right. He's a big guy. Um, Jeff Winchell falls into that category, right. Lob city has two or three of those guys, right. The do boys have a couple of those bigger bodies. And even in a league where there is a lot of running and jumping, as we're kind of looking at the score by quarter there with the ozone boys, you know, won the second quarter and halfway crooks took care of the second half. But that size does matter, right? And it sometimes gets overlooked in a league where it's like let's run and jump and dunk and fast break and all this stuff. And sometimes it's like, all right, you know, th- the things hold true, right? Rebounding, uh, you know, easy buckets, right? Playing inside out, like the things that you know. Obviously, it's nice to make shots, but um, you know, something to keep an eye on for future teams and. You know, I think two teams. Let's kind of shift gears here to uh, only the fam, as you know, like I talked about, they're two and zero, and so you know we'll recap really quick. Halfway Crooks two and zero, Ozone Boys zero and two, which you know that won't last for long, especially with you know just their record in the league and, and how good of a team I think they can be come playoff time and how dangerous they can be. But only the fam, another one of those two and zero teams, like we've talked about. Uh, they get the win over the Lincoln 18ers by nine but you know I know we were all watching that game so we can kind of go down the line and it's it's worthy especially with a team like this because you know I think you know they were up double digits I don't I don't think they were up double digits and then uh, you know I know the the stats here we're going to get to them in a second or a little you know there's no fourth quarter scoring but they blew the lead. <laughs> that's, that's, let's do it. And, you know, when it, when it comes to things like that, and we'll go to Tim first on this one to kind of get him in, but let's talk about that fourth quarter, right? We've seen that happen in real basketball and legacy leagues, but when that run comes, it's like, all right, how do we respond? How do we get that stop? And sometimes it's too late. Only the fam kind of relied on Jaron Thomas, and I'll let you touch on him in a second, but it was him being like, I'm just going to score now, right? And, and that's what stopped that momentum. And, and I talked about it, like at, at the game, the court kind of goes lopsided, right? You they think they're scoring easily and you just can't score. And it's like you're playing uphill. And Jaron Thomas goes, nope. And he like stomps his foot, right? And it, it evens the playing field and only the fam was able to get the win. So, uh, you know, Tim, you can kind of touch on that fourth quarter and, you know, Jaron Thomas. But they got help from some other players, too. Only the fam did to improve to 2-0. Yeah, yeah. Um...
3: Lincoln had a very impressive comeback. I believe only the fam was up around close to 20 points at halftime and Lincoln actually had a lead in the fourth quarter. And I think a lot of that was, um, their offensive rebound. They had 20 offensive rebounds, which was significantly more than only the fam. I think they're going to have to definitely clean up their work on the defensive glass going forward. It led to a lot of easy buckets. And then once Lincoln had the confidence, uh, Claude Clotier was making threes big threes um Brendan Reddington he kind of showed out for the team last week but his teammates picked him up this week um he wasn't the leading scorer a lot of other guys like Ryan Musket and Mike Hamilton picked up the slack um but yeah um Jaron Thomas was definitely the story of this game he did not make a three last game and he made six this game so that is quite the improvement um Also got to mention Tucker Aiello. He had plenty of clutch shots down the stretch, taking the ball to the basket, playmaking for his team. And like Jaron said, after the game, it all starts with Tucker. He's their point guard and he gets everyone going.
0: Yeah. And so we can go. Let's go to Cade next. I mean, I know we were all watching. So this, you know, we'll spend a little time on this one, but you know, Kate, even just focusing on only the fam, right? What did they do to build that lead? Because I think that's what we need to focus on, especially if they're going to try to stay in this group, right? And, and we're going to show you the standings in a second. Like I said, four teams are 2-0, and oh, but this is, you know, for them to stay there, what are they going to have to do consistently to continue winning? I think,
2: uh, I know for them, they didn't have a lot of subs and they were getting tired really uh, in the, basically going into the second half. Uh, I know Jaron Thomas was kind of slacking getting back on defense here and there, which sometimes led to wide open buckets. And um, I know Jake Perry was even saying after the game he was tired, but uh, <laughs> they definitely need to work on getting their main players some rest. Uh, because if Jaron Thomas, Jake Perry, and Tucker are all uh, in good, good shape and good health, like they look like an unstoppable trio right there. And that's just going to help them maintain any lead they have.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, like we talked about that huge lead, right? Um, Aiden, I know you're, you know, you've seen this team even last year, so you've seen them evolve, and we'll go to you briefly, but, um, you know, only the fam. like, you know, Tucker's doing his thing, Jaron's doing his thing. Let's touch on, you know, Jake Perry and Tucker more so really quick. Um, Tucker Ayello, they, they did hit some big shots. I mean, Jake Perry's banking in threes after he blocks kids. Like, that's when, it, you know, it's going well, right? Uh, but, you know, what does that trio have to do? You know, especially, like, let's, let's do it. You know, when they play the Duye's boys, right? I mean, we don't even have to say my team. When they play Lob City, right? Like, what do, what do those three have to do? Ozone boys, werewolves. Like, there's teams that are ready. You know, what, what do those three have to continue to do?
1: Like Kate said, I think they need to find some ways to get some of them rest. And Jake Perry needs to just continue doing his thing. Same with Jaron and same with Tucker. Tucker is a great addition to the team. He brings a lot of ball handling skills. He, was, he replaced uh, Orane, who played in last year's league and he's just able to knock down shots when it counts, and he's a good, strong point guard. Jaron is just, he's just got to keep doing his thing. Like Cade said, sometimes he lacks on D. Once they find a way to sub in and sub out and continue doing that and get some rest, I think they'll be able to do it. And um, uh, Mike, Mike needs to, Mm -hmm. he didn't shoot very well, but once he needs to just take the open shots when he sees them, even if there's a person a couple feet in front of him, Just continue to shoot the shots you make Because he's deadly from three He can make them The the whole team can shoot fairly well from three And like you said, Tucker, Jaron, and Jake Perry They need to just continue playing hard And not be able to give up the lead And lose defensively And not have to play in these close games That sometimes don't need to be close Like they were up 20 towards the half They need to just continue to play great On ball defense And continue to score That's really all they need to do
0: Yeah. And so, you know, like we talked about, only the fam, two and oh, right? Uh, Lincoln 18ers, oh, and two. And so now we're going to go to the two teams. And I think one of only the fam, you know, I think it was kind of a toss up between them and the Lincoln 18ers, just really not knowing what kind of team was going to show up, right? But I mean, werewolves and Sin City, you know, that result. And I want to go to that one next. So both teams exit week two, one and one, but it was Sin City winning in week two over the werewolves. Uh, which to me, I was not expecting that, especially when players return like Brian Heston, Gino 40, you know, Joe Palazzo is, is quickly learning how to play in this league. But we need to give Sin City some some time. I mean, the halfway crooks played them last week, right? And, uh, you, know, uh, you know, got rid of that lead that they were facing and almost won last week. And so now they kind of carry that momentum into this week and take down the werewolves. Uh, you know, Devin Payne, you know, uh, DePena, De right? Um, and if I even get his name right. Devin Pina, sorry, there's too many of them. (laughs) They're all similar names right now. Devin Pina, huge game, right? And he was a big body last week who did a lot of the same things this week. So, um, Cade, did you see this game? You can just nod really quick. No, cool. All right, we're going to Tim. Perfect. I knew it was one of the two. Sorry. So I know Tim was over there. Court three. Uh, Let's start with Sin City and I'll get their box score up in a second. But Sin City beats the Werewolves 70 to 55. And so you know, we'll start with that Sin City kind of, you know, uh, perspective. How were they able to get their first win on the season?
3: Um, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't too shocked about this result. I know Sin City was a little lower in the power rankings. I thought they were a little underrated after their week one L to the halfway crooks. I mean, it was a close game. A couple late game blunders lost in the game. But overall, I think this team definitely has the size up front with Devin Pina and Javon Morris to compete with the rest of these teams in these leagues. They have a good guard in Taj Eddington who was really locking down on defense. It seemed when he puts his mind to it, nobody's getting by him. Um, So at at that point they're just getting out and getting easy buckets. Also Justin Titsworth um, in the Jason Tatum Jersey provided um, a lot of good scoring um, secondary to Taj and Devin. um, And I think that was the difference for them in this game. the second half, for sure, they just shut down Werewolf's offense. That was led by Brian Heston. Heston, he went up for a dunk and got up a little gimpy, and uh, they, were, they were just sending a lot of bodies to him whenever he had the ball. Six turnovers for Heston. Um, I wouldn't really put that a lot on him. It was a lot on Sin City's defense, really collapsing on his drives. And uh, he also ended up with eight assists. So he was doing a lot of everything ball handling-wise for the Werewolves.
0: Yeah, and so, Tim, we'll keep it to you, uh, and I'm going to stop sharing the screen in a second. We'll go back to you one more time on, you know, even like the werewolves, and and we'll just let you break down kind of that fourth quarter. But let's mention Sam Clifford on the werewolves. You know, his first game, he didn't play in week one and, and, you know, had 19 points. I know I didn't see any of this game, so I'm not even going to pretend. I was busy trying not to get hurt on (laughs) core one. But, um, you know, the werewolves. And so, um, you know, Tim, let's focus on, you know, what else does Sin City need? right? And even focusing on them, like, what is one thing that you think they did well that they're going to continue to do that kind of makes them that scary team you talked about, right? You said that they needed more, you know, they should have been higher in the power rankings, you know, give me, give me something that Sin City did. I mean, we, we know the werewolves, you know, and I can, you know, Brian Heston is, you know, had an off game and that's not going to happen all the time, but credit to Sin City for sure, right? You know, Joe Palazzo, Sam, uh, you know, Clifford and, um, you know, Gino Forty, they're going to, they're going to they're gonna get their points, right? But Sin City, what's the one thing that they did that they need to continue to do to be successful?
3: Um, I think this was pretty much their formula for success. I mean, they controlled the glass. I mean, Devin Pina 18 boards, six offensive. They led the rebounding battle by uh, tw- 11 rebounds, 12 rebounds, sorry, math. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I just think um, this is the team that like not a lot of teams can compete with like size down low strength down low like it's going to be really hard for teams to stay at a foul trouble when guys like Pina and guys like Javon Morris are backing them down in the paint and uh yeah I think it really starts with Taj on the perimeter defensive end I mean and him playmaking for the team I think everything starts with Taj I think if he's playing well this team is going to be hard to beat for anyone
0: yeah and so um like we talked about both teams now one and one and you know the way the tiebreakers work is it's head-to-head first right so if these guys finish with the same record sin city will have that tiebreaker come playoff seating and so even like you know crooks and ozone and even only the fam and, and lincoln 18ers you know what i mean like the, that's why the head-to-head can be so important um you know obviously you want to win every game you can but that this can come into you know play down the road two games left let's go to the duets boys and the rhode island warriors so again Duye's boys 2-0, Rhode Island Warriors 0-2 after week two. But these teams seem like two of the, you know, better teams in the league. And I'll, and I'll go on record saying that, like, the Rhode Island Warriors are a good team, right? And they ran into the, probably the two teams that might be ahead of them in the standings at the end of the year in Lob City last week. I'm pretty sure, right? Head that's cool, yeah. And then Duye's boys this week. So, you know, no whoever did the schedule, you know, no no favors to them. But Duye's boys win by 20, 102-82. Uh, we'll go to Aiden. As far as the Duye's boys, we can start with them. And then I do want to kind of talk about the Rhode Island Warriors because even though they are 0-2, like I said, you know, they have some some people who can play. Um, but Aiden, Duye's boys get the win. Shane Patrick, loud as always, but, you know, John Kutu and and some of the usual suspects for them, you know, helped them, helped them get the win.
1: Yeah, so. Their big three, I'm going to call them, is John Kutu, uh, Vincent Volpe, and Zach Tartaglia. They both shot the ball. Well, all three of them shot the ball so well. John was 12 of 14. Vinny was 12 of 15. Tartaglia was 7 of 10. They were just able to shoot efficiently. They work well as a team together. And you see they try to get everybody their minutes. And we're going to talk about this. Uh, Brian Yarsi's big poster dunk on Jan Avedizian. Really big play. Yarsi uh, was 5-5 five of five from the field, was able to provide those 12 bench points and just more. The big four, I should say, with Yarsi too. Shane mm-hmm. Loud is always like <laughs> you've always said. He did his part. He was able to knock down the shots when he needed to. And they just were able to run the floor. The Warriors were good enough. Um, Kevin Figueroa had really big body, and he posted up as much as he could, and he grabbed as many boards as he could, but they just lacked – the Warriors lacked communication on offense, which led to sloppy plays and just not points that could have been their own points.
0: Yeah, and so as we kind of look at that Rhode Island Warriors, Aiden, we'll keep it to you, but, you know, we talked about the Douillet's boys and their formula for success, right? So they have their, their big three, and Brian Yarsi is very good, and sometimes he takes a back seat, and, like, credit to him, he had his own team, and that, you know, he was an MVP-type player when the ball was constantly in his hands, so let's not forget that, right? Um, but the Rhode Island Warriors, you know, they kind of continue to add in different pieces and, and they've, they're a, a returning team, you know, with some of the players, Henry Cancavez, Kevin Figueroa, Charles Correa, but they added Gianna Bendici, and like we talked about, who had a huge week one. And so kind of let's let's go a little deeper on them. And, you know, they lost by 20. Um, they were down early and kind of weren't able to come back. And that's a credit to do right? Like everything we just talked about, it's important when you get a lead to keep it. And the two-yays boys are one of those teams that were able to do that, and that just kind of shows where they're at as a team. But in and Island Warriors, kind of, what what did you see that you liked from them? Because they're not going to be over two for long. Let me let me put it that way.
1: So from them, they were they were able to play the game they wanted to play. They knocked down the threes when they needed to. Yeah, they shot a lot of them, but that happens when you play the game. Charles Correa shot decently well, eight of nineteen, dropped twenty one. Yon and had a little quieter week, but was able to score when he needed to. One of seven from three, though, so he may need to improve on that. Kevin Figueroa doing his thing, seven of 11, 17 points. Was just able to do his thing, but yeah, you were right. They were down early, and they just weren't able to score and get the defensive stops they needed to cut down the lead. They will be, they won't be on two for much longer, like you said, and they dropped eighty-two points in back-to-back weeks. I think so. They're able to score but they lack defensive ability to just not have a lead taken from them and be able to just stop. Cause like you said they were down trailing early, but they won't be able to for longer.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a that's a really good point, right? So they're scoring. And so sometimes like the halfway crook struggle to score stretches, it's like, what the hell's going on? Right. The Rhode Island Warriors can score. And then you look at them, and you're like, "Well, they have the they have the bodies to play defense too. Actually, they have some longer players. They have Kevin Figueroa just to get every rebound that comes near them, right? And it's like, all right. So I I I see that coming for them. I do. You know what I'm saying? And when that happens, I don't want to play them. When that happens, <laughs> when they're able to score, right, and then also get stops. That's that's obviously you know a recipe to win for any team, especially for a team like that. Speaking of a team that just scores and scores and scores, let's go to Lob City. Only 90 points this week, but they win by 30 uh, over bogey kicks. And, you know, I think in the first half, and and we can go to – Cade was over there, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, quick. Okay, cool. We'll go to Cade in a second. But the first half it was like 10, 15-ish, and then bogey kicks, we kind of make two threes, and it'd be like 9, 10, 11 again. It'd be like – you know, and that's the thing with Lob City, right? This, that what they did this week is kind of what they do, you know, whether it's, they don't, you know, lack of focus. I don't know. I'm not trying to put words in their mouth. Right. But they coast at times and then they continue to score and score and score. And a lot of times you can, you know, keep up with them for a half, you know, for two and a half quarters. And then they continue to score and you don't. And that's what we saw in week two, at least from, you know, my glimpses Cade Lob City, you know, more of the same from them, the defending champs. But they improved to two and zero. You know, what uh, what stood out to you from that one?
2: Yeah, I would say more of the same. But uh, this week, Jose Ricardo didn't have nearly forty points. He uh, let's see, he only had fourteen points this week. But it just shows that they don't even need who I picked to be MVP. They don't even need him to be scoring those big points um, to win these games by by over thirty or thirty or above. Uh, Colin Burns stepped up, getting every every rebound he uh, was in the paint for, putting them right back up. Um, I know he missed some wide wide open layups here and there. He was saying that, but he was able to get those boards, put it right back. Um, Cody Crawford is just being like the point guard anybody wants on his team, <laughs> dishing out dimes, uh, controlling the ball really well, not really getting uh, any turnovers. And um, basically everyone's doing, doing their part for Lob City, and I can't really see them losing anytime soon.
0: Yeah, and Tim, were you over there? You can give a head nod too. do you see this one? Good. Okay. So we're going to go to Tim next and even, you know, you can give your two two you know, sense on, on lob city, but I want to shout out Greg Holt. And he's always somebody who, you know, doesn't let, you know, fourth leading score, right. 13 points, seven rebounds, three assists, three blocks, is that four steals? I think so. Right. And so, you know, does a little bit of everything and helps handle the ball and kind of sets everybody else up, but he's a huge part of this team. And there's clips of him in the playoffs hitting huge shots. And so, you know, he's kind of one of those players that, Knows his role until you know he fills in what the team needs, right? So, right now it's like, I'm going to assist, get everybody else going, and then in the playoffs or in a big game, like, All right, you know, I'll it's time to go, you know, I can kind of take over here. And so, uh, we can go to Tim, Tim, you know, even Colin Burns, huge week, right? Um, you know, we can we can say on lobs if you let's let's go to bogey kicks really quick. Give me your two cents on bogey kicks and how they were able to kind of keep it kind of close, and then you can kind of also get into lob city, but you know, bogey kicks credit to them, they kept it close for a half, like I talked about, and then you know, Lob City too much?
3: Yeah, so it was uh, kind of a weird second quarter. Bogey kicks, very low scoring for Lob City. They outscored them by three in the second quarter. They were down 10 at half. Um, it was pretty competitive game for the most part in the first half, and that was led by David DePina. He was um, doing a lot more playmaking this week. He was really big down low and protecting the rim. You know, Lob City, they like to get to the rim throw down some dunks, throw down some highlights. And I would say, although Jose didn't play as much in the second half, he did neutralize him to an extent. Although that didn't end up mattering in the result, um, it was still a good job on him. And Mike Evans on bogey kicks definitely stepped up. Um, Depena didn't get a lot of help last week in their loss to only the fam. And this week he had a little more of it. And I just think they need to stop turning the ball over Really, uh, whenever they put the ball on the floor, it was Holt stealing it, Crawford stealing it. And once that happens, it's just easy transition buckets. And then the score just keeps going up and up and then they lose focus. And just it's just not much you can do to recover from that point.
0: Yeah, really, really good point. Turnovers against any good team, right, are going to be the difference or or a huge part of that game. Those are our five games. Let me get the standings ready and I'll, I'll get those on the screen uh we'll put um we'll put that's right Aiden Aiden's good for it we'll put Aiden on the spot first as I share the uh standings here give me one second Uh, and so like I told you guys four undefeated teams two of them play I think they all play next week actually G.A.'s boys play the halfway crooks Lob City plays only the fans so we'll be down to two undefeated teams after next week unless there's some some way they can tie but as far as I know there's no way for that to happen uh and then two teams at one and one and four winless teams and so Aiden which team let's, let's go surprise first, which team, you know, stands out to you Surprise just so, you know, through, through two weeks, you know, what, what team, you know, are you, are you kind of focusing on?
1: Well, the short answer would be only the fam as they're just getting their first two wins. But another team is the RI warriors and since they, like we've talked about before, they can score the ball well. And once they are able to figure out defensively and everything, they could ozone, Obviously, they're not going to be 0-2 for much longer. They just, they sub in. They have 4-4, so they sub out every time, which is fine, but they need to find ways to get their best playmakers and best players playing at the same exact time, which maybe they do, maybe they don't. And I would like to see Bogey Kicks get one of those hopeful wins somewhere that always, there's always that one team. And um, Halfway Crooks, like we've said, they're just, Jeff Winchell is going to be a big factor in all the games that they play. Big size, he's able to, defend very well and then the rest are just you know the rest and where will shouldn't be one and one much longer
0: yeah let's go to Kate. kind of same question even just pick on one team Kate, and like you know what team forget surprise what team you know stands out to you or has played the best through two weeks
2: um i think uh my favorite team to watch so far that's kind of stood out for me was the halfway crooks i feel like their chemistry is just there uh yeah i got you but um <laughs> Yeah, just watching Spence out there is is just so fun. He he has the most fun of any player on the court, and sure he's cocky sometimes, but watching him <laughs> sometimes. play, yeah, Shit. maybe all the time. But, <laughs> um, you know, he put up twenty two. Sure, he shot uh he didn't shoot as well as he did uh week one, but uh he did knock down some great dunks in the second half that kind of helped uh, solidify that win over um over the Ozone Boys. But yeah, I would say halfway crooks in there. Um. Chemistry is just the most fun to watch. And if they are clicking, I feel like it's going to be hard for any team to beat them, even Lob City.
0: Tim, yeah, favorite team. And then we're going to have one more question. So uh, I'll surprise you guys. But go ahead, Tim. Wait, what team stands out to you as we kind of look at the next, uh, you know, week's schedule up there?
3: Um, I'd say Sin City. Um, I mean, Bogey kicks a struggle in their first two matchups. I think it's an opportunity for Sin City to pick up another win. And I I think it's something they could build on potentially in a week four matchup against Duye's boys. They're definitely going to need something to build on. Um, This team just has a formula to win in this league. They have the size. They can defend. Um, Their only thing they really lack is three-point shooting. But if they can force turnovers the way that they were, I mean, and control the glass the the way that they were, I think they have a formula to compete well in this league.
0: Awesome. All right. I came up with another good one. So looking at next week's games, okay, I'm going Aiden first. We'll go, we'll go down the line, same order. Okay, next week's game, so week three. If you had to bet the house on one team to win, which team, right? So basically, who do you think has the highest chance of winning their week three game? Aiden, don't lose the house. Go ahead.
1: I think it's a toss-up between uh, two teams.
0: You have to pick, um, have
1: to pick one. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the werewolves. They had a poor, they had a poor, poor uh, game this week. Brian has not an off game. I just think, like you said, Joe Palazzo is integrating well. Um, Sam Clifford's integrating well too. I think they are the highest percentage chance. Credit to the Lincoln 18ers, too. They play their game well, but I think the Werewolves are hungry for this win. They're coming off a bad loss, and I think they will want this win more than anything.
3: All right,
0: Cade. Same question. You're betting the house.
1: All right, bet in the house. I think the
2: safest choice for me would be Lob City. Even though they're facing the 2-0, and 0, only the fam. Uh, I let one of those players on Lob City know. I let Jose know that my host is on the line. I think he could <laughs> drop 30. Um, I, think the, I think those guys got me. Um, just watching them play, I think they have the defense to take care of Jake Perry down low and Jaron down low. If Jaron isn't shooting well, I think Lob City's got it in the bag.
0: Okay, Tim.
3: Um, yeah, I definitely... Agree with those first two but just to be different I think since City's got it next week um, yeah I just think they're they're too big for bogey kicks team personnel wise they're really only big as the Pina and he just doesn't have the size that just behemoths like Pina and Javon Morris have and um, yeah bogey kicks they haven't looked great through the first two weeks they looked better last week but I still think Sin City will have me still living in the house.
0: <laughs> good. That's what we're going for. I love that. Um, yeah. And I mean, you know, we have the matchup between the Rhode Island Warriors and uh, Ozone right next week. And so that's two, yeah, two O and two teams. And we talked about all four two and O teams play each other next week. So that's a good preview. I kind of like that. You might keep that because making game picks is one thing. And we're going to save that for the podcast. And I know, you know, PJ on the podcast this week, Hopefully you guys can get it on. We're going to figure that out, but um, there will be a, a low post podcast, which will be great. Um, and so they'll do full game picks and each game and spreads, hopefully, and all that good stuff. But that's that's a good. I like that. You got to bet your bet your house. And so, all right, nobody picked Duye's boys halfway crooks, meaning it's probably the game of the week, just because of how much of a toss up it is. So, you know, we'll see if the crooks can go two and zero in games of the week, back to back. Guys, very good job, Aiden, Kade, Tim. I'm Joey. Thanks for watching the post-game show. Make sure you stay tuned for top plays of the week. We were talking before we went on the air. Some really, 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 really good highlights this week. Brian, Yarsi's dunk. We got like 360 dunks. We, you know, reverse dunks. We got blocks this week. So stay tuned for that. Power rankings. The podcast, like I talked about. And then we'll be back for week three on Monday, June 20th. Jeez, it's flying. Guys, good job. And thanks for watching.